Everything you need is already inside of you. The world would not be what it is without you. When we begin to create change within us, we begin to create change in the world around us. Your journey to becoming your best self as the whole person starts right now. Hello, hello. I'm Lauren Sweeney, your host of the Become Your Best podcast and webinar series. I'm delighted to have our guest here today. Her name is Sophie Sheesh, and she's from Arizona, but French, and we could even do this podcast in Spanish, so we may shock you today. <laughs> Let me tell you a little bit about Sophie. She's earned her master's degree in business and journalism, and she's a native from Perry and has added a psychology soon after moving to Los Angeles. All right. She is her most known for her recent venture. We're going to talk about that today. Be current. She teaches productivity as a gateway to purpose, something the culture knows much about. She comes to it with a unique blend, gathered over 30 years of building teams, writing books, running companies, coaching peak performers, and raising children. Her new book, War at a Piece of Cake, I love that, will be out in spring of 2022. When she's not writing or coaching or teaching, she is free-forming dancing in a burgundy tutu or riding her Harley, maybe on PCH when she comes to visit us in Los Angeles. Ah. Oh, I absolutely love that. Sophie, welcome to the podcast today. Thank you. I loved having you say that because I almost imagine it's not my life and I listen and I'm like, wow, that's a cool life. <laughs> it's my life. Oh, I love it. Well, talk to me about the work you're doing today and, and a little bit even about your book. And I love the productivity hacks. And before the podcast, we were talking a little about, you know, the starkness in the cultures, even from France. How long did you live there? I left when I was about 25. So my my adult life, my my working life has been more here in the States. But we were just shortly talking about how they live better. They have longer lunches and they have five-week vacations from the second they start and they have insurance and they have it's like something about the French culture, which I don't want to live there. I don't miss it. But I have to say there's something about how the, the human is protected a little bit. You know, here there's a little more of an energy of push and more and and not necessarily ever slow down. So I'm kind of maybe maybe that's why I end up in the business of, of teaching people how to live lives that are a little bit more aligned, you know, from having somehow been raised there. I love that. Even just from my grand knowledge and watching Emily in Paris on Netflix, <laughs> even the starkness in what time you come into work, you know, there's no 7 a.m. And then the longer lunches, like you said, and yet things still happen and things still take place. And so much that, you know, we do have listeners all over the world Liz, who listen to the podcast, but since you and I are here in the United States, there's something about that. So now talk to me about the work you do in productivity well, I hear such a values alignment too. Give us some life hacks around that. I love that. You know, so productivity is often understood as, you know, do more, accomplish, you know, check off all these boxes by the end of the day. And my experience from having worked with 
hundreds, pro probably thousands of people by now, there is always this disconnect, often, not always, but there often is a disconnect between doing all these things, but not always making sure that they actually are connected to what matters to you. And so people will do and do and do and do, but they end up not very satisfied, not very fulfilled, because the doing of it is not really what's going to give them that. And so the work I do um, does both. There is a work around, you know, how do you actually organize yourself and how do you um, make sure your tasks are clear when you start your day so you don't spend half of your morning identifying what needs to be done, you know, but rather start, you know, with like a clarity of that. But really the work comes in with the underlying reasons why maybe you are a procrastinator Maybe you don't achieve what matters to you. Maybe you keep avoiding and you keep kind of the bar a little bit low compared to what you would like to do with your life. And that's why I loved your introduction, the little video we watched, because there was really this sense of like, go, have a big life. And a lot of people don't, you know, call it, sometimes they don't feel like they deserve that life. And so they play it safe and they don't even take the risk, you know, to go have a bigger life because God forbid if they tried and, they missed it. So I think my work was born out of being an entrepreneur for years and I've mm -hmm. built houses and I've worked with teams and I've done, you know, I've done, I've done a good amount. <laughs> Some people track my professional journey as a little bit erratic. Maybe I don't because I was always inspired to the next thing. And I followed my intuition and my desires. And when I met people I was interested in, I, I, you know, I somehow organized so that we would do more together. Um, but there's definitely always has been this interest in like, how do I actually do what I say I want to do? You know, how do I move my own needle, like writing a book or starting a company or learning how to ride a Harley or whatever it is? How do I actually go from wanting to do it and doing it? And how do I close this gap? I would say my work is there in that gap of, cause I don't, I don't have a, I don't, I don't know what life you want to live, but I can see if you're not living the one you want to live, like how do we close that gap? Mm. I love that living in the gap. So how, where do you start? Let's say somebody's listening and they're thinking, yes, Sophie, yes, that's me. I, I have the idea or I have the dream or especially in the new year, 2022, What's a good first step to closing the gap? I'm sure there's many steps on this road. No, I love your question. I actually, it's funny because I'm sitting in a room that has a lot of closets in front of me and cabinets. And it gave me this image of spring cleaning a little bit. Like, how do you know what's even in the closets of your mind and of your right. thoughts? Yeah. And so the first step I would say, and maybe spring is in a few months. So let's start with more of a January kind of cleaning, but what is in the closet? Like what's traveling in your mind? What are the, like, I often see people have a lot of ideas, but it almost like the visual is a pink pinball machine in their head, you know, dum, 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 and it's like, they don't, it doesn't translate into, and what do I do tomorrow morning to actually write this book or organize this trip or leave this relationship or start this relationship or change my job or whatever people might be interested in doing. So the first step probably for me would be like, let's, let's do an audit of what's actually there. Yeah. It could be as simple as, you know, take a piece of paper and a pen and just like freeform write, you know, all these things that are floating up there. And let's look at them from, you know, the way you would if you sprinkling, you know, when you sprinkling your closet and you, we look at the, 
the house and we say, all right, do I like this vase? Is this thing working? Do I want more of it, less of it? And then start to organize in relation to what brings you joy. Like a lot of people organize their lives around what they think they should do. Yes. So again, there is a big gap there. You know, like, I guess I love this notion of gap because it is in that space. Like if I want to write a book, but I don't sit down and write the book, I'm, I'm not writing a book. You know, if I want to be healthier, but I go to bed at 3 a.m. and I drink all this coffee and I do all this sugar and I do all these things, you know, that are so not aligned with being healthy, there is a misalignment, right? There's a, so either, like sometimes I work with people and they describe their dream or where they want to go, but they have zero willingness to, other than maybe hiring me, which is not enough. You know, it's like what, what, once you do the work, you start taking steps toward changing your habits because otherwise you're going to get, I mean, I know the famous the cliche a little bit, but it's like, you know, if you keep doing exactly what you're doing, it's a bit insanity to think that you're going to get different results. Right. And so that I would identify, I would identify what is, what wants to be. And I would start doing smalls and small steps is a key. Like if you look at a change, like writing a book means nothing, sit 10 minutes and brainstorm titles of a book. You can do that, right? It's not, like, don't, don't start with mountains because if I start with, I'm going to climb a mountain, I'm going to stay home. There's a good chance. But mm -hmm. if I start with, I'm going to go pick a good pair of shoes for walkers and I'm going to go on a little hike with my friend Lauren and we're going to chat about something and then maybe talk to my friend who climbed a really big mountain and download, you know, have lunch with her or like make things a smaller bite. So when you look at them on your list, it doesn't create some sort of like <laughs> too much, too big, too fast, you know? Yes. Yes. So breaking it down into smaller bite-sized pieces so that we can eventually climb the mountain, but maybe it takes four years of training. And, and matter, as long as you're on the way, you know, as long as there's an energy in motion towards what you want, it doesn't really matter how long it takes. Yeah. And there's also a target. There's a destination. Mm -hmm. So we're, we're not unclear on where we're actually going. What is the gap? <laughs> we have to know where we're starting and where we're going both. I love this notion too, of knowing where we're at right now. So yeah. it's great to take that inventory at the beginning of the year. Where am I at? And, and having compassion for ourselves as, as yeah. we take that inventory. Yes, exactly. I love that. So now you're here in the U S and you're making amazing things happen in LA. Now you recently moved to Arizona. What are, tell me about writing your book. Now, is this your first book that's coming out? Talk to me. No, about it's that. actually the third one. Well, it's the, the third one technically because I wrote one in English and then awesome. interpreted in French, not translated because it's such a different culture. And so I wrote yeah. it, I kind of wrote it from scratch in French. No, so it's not the first one. And that is a process. You know, there really is something to birthing. It's not yeah. an accident that it takes us a while to do babies as well. <laughs> um, it takes time, you know. And it, and I, I would say the joy for me came in when I came from a place of wanting to serve and wanting to share something that was going to be helpful. Because I, I, I don't know if you know my personal story, but I have lost 200 pounds. Wow. Um, and three 60 north of 350. Wow. Um, and so a lot of people struggle with that. You know, there's a lot of people that are um, wanting that as a result. That's one of the most used, you know, resolution is to get back in shape or whatever. And people think that it's going to be a, a superficial, you know, the, the top two inches, like change my food or stop eating something or 
it's a complex, you know, there is a reason why someone gains weight and often it's emotional and psychological and habits that are not very supportive. I remember years ago, like that was probably one of my like shift of consciousness. These two women, friends of mine, I've changed their names just for, but these two friends of mine, one super overweight, like 500 pounds, I'd say really, really overweight. Wow. And the other one super athletic, right? And the th I, I remember they were sitting on a bench and I'm standing in front of them and we're chatting. And at some point, the one who's super overweight says, oh, I'm really tired. I need to go take a nap. Yeah. And the other one says, I'm tired too. That's interesting. I'm going to go for a run. And I remember mm -hmm. thinking, wow, that's all it is. It's a, it's a habit that one you know, when she's tired, she chooses something that is more like a nap. When the other one, she will be given energy if she goes for a walk or goes for a run. And I remember thinking, I think it's all a matter of habits. Like when I'm sad, do I feel my sadness or do I down chocolate cake, which, you know, will soften the edges, for lack of a better word. Like when I eat sugar, I don't eat sugar. I haven't touched sugar in 10 years, like processed sugar, maybe more. So I don't do sugar. But when I did... It was for that. There's no question. Yeah. You know, I was sad. I, I was angry. I was lonely. I was whatever. It's like just somehow food gave oh, yeah. me a respite from those feelings temporarily, obviously, like it doesn't solve anything. Mm -hmm. And so the change of habit is, uh, is an exciting thing for me. Like instead of like when this happens, I do this. Well, what if I did that? Which is, you know, the base of 12-step programs. You know, I did one around food for a while. And it was very much that, like when I want sugar or I feel, you know, addicted and tempted to do something, can I call a friend instead, you know, and then kind of maybe take care of my loneliness or have a little bit of self-love or, and it worked, you know, it's like if I called a friend or if I sat there and nurtured my, I took a bath maybe or nurtured myself in some way, the desire for the chocolate cake was dramatically reduced. Mm -hmm. I love that. It goes and ties into the whole person. It ties into productivity around what matters to you. It's all related. And then the habit choices drive the productivity. And yes, I can relate to maybe wanting to get a bunch of things done on a list because it'll make me feel better. And even yeah. that is... Uh, it can be like an addiction, you know, like it is. I mean, it, it boosts your endorphins. There's no yeah. question. Like, yeah. it's funny because my, my husband tends to have reflexes like that. Like he'll, if he feels a little depressed, he'll go fix something completely <laughs> not that helpful, but like, like doing the something that now it's fixed, you know, somehow gives him yeah. this boost. And then maybe he uses that energy to do something else. I mean, it is genuinely something that our body kind of gets you know it gets it gets a kick you know yes so maybe it's just being aware of it first and then being nice to ourselves i think we should on ourselves too much and then we feel bad and then we just keep doing the behavior right exactly. so noticing and that's i didn't know that about your story that's really amazing and now your new book and i know your website will put it up here as well it's becurrenttoday.com uh, talk to me about what they'll find on the website, about your new book. Tell me. So Be Current Today, so they're somehow unrelated, actually, funny enough. I mean, they're related because it's it's all me, and I guess it has yeah. my, my it's all about my life somehow. But um, the new book is called War and Peace of Cake, and it is a take on War and Peace, of course, but being spelled differently um, because there is a lot of struggles, you know, and, and also a lot of triumphs 
you know, with having had this journey. And I would probably describe that I quit smoking three packs a day when I was 22 or something. Like I was smoking a lot, which Amazing. is also very French, by the way. <laughs> um, I, I started smoking when I was so young and people, how long did you smoke? And I was like, I don't know. But by the end, I was smoking three packs a day. So regardless, it was wow. too much. But uh, so maybe that also is up there with like succeeding at something. But but food is harder because you have to eat like, you, you know, smoking, yeah. you can quit. And be done with it but of course eating you have to kind of let the tiger out of the cage you know three times a day or five or whatever you do so um it's that it's the story of that the, the triumphs of that the shame of it you know the walking in a room and having to identify if a chair is going to support your weight or if you're going to mm -hmm. fall on your floors you know at a dinner party and things like that which mm -hmm. are painful and poignant and difficult and and beautiful because the journey, I think we all, I mean, maybe you don't deal with weight yourself, but maybe you deal with, you know, something that privately at home is difficult for you and somehow weight shows, you know, it's harder to hide, which probably was helpful for me because I was trying to solve this thing. You know, there was a, yeah. a little see a little more because our culture, of course, treat, you know, fat people like we should be killed or something um and so there was there was a lot of outer pressure that led to inner desires to solve and to heal and it turns out it was a, a self-love journey like they all are i think i think we all as humans we come in without that capability i think to really appreciate what we are and who we are and who the people around us are like I was thinking of that this morning, actually, I woke up and I was, I was at a lazy morning. It's the early of the, the year and I, I, I'm not that committed this week as much as usual. And, and I woke up and I was just like looking at my hand and I was like, oh my God, like, look at these, like, look, this is, I can actually move my fingers. Like what, like, I mean, like breathing and looking. And I just had a moment of just like, oh, being a human being is incredible, right? Yeah. It brought me so much joy. And I think in a time where people are just really, people are hard on themselves right now, I think more than maybe along the way, or maybe I'm noticing it more, or maybe this pandemic thing has kind of forced people to look at themselves a little bit differently. Yeah. Um, so that's the book. The book is about, you know, organizing conversations around. There's a documentary also that's gonna that's being picked up right now by... Um, a TV um, channel, but um, it's all about how do we have intelligent conversations with ourselves, with each other, with our children. You know, like I deal, I, I meet often mothers that are dealing with, you know, their daughters that have um, disordered eating is the new term instead of eating. Right. Yeah. Uh, because it's not always like officially, you know, you're not always, uh, you know, anorexic or it, there's lots in between that yeah. are not necessarily. I remember when my producer, he was like, I don't really relate to this thing of food. I have a very healthy relationship with food. And the entire time we're together, he's like eating almonds from this little ball, like the whole time. And at some point I was like, wow, you, you eat a lot of almonds. And he goes, oh, yeah, yeah. This is what I do. One weekend of the month, I eat whatever I want and I get drunk and da 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 da. And, I, da, da, da. and, then, and then for three weeks, I only eat almonds. <gasps> and I was like, you don't think you have a problem with your food? <laughs> Sounds like disordered eating, right? Oh my God, that was so funny. Like he was like, oh, you think? And I was like, do I think? I don't know. Do you think? <laughs> three weeks of almonds for a week of orgies sounds wow. like out of balance. Yes, I'm not sure you feel your best when you do that. Well, we okay. all have our our things and our 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 ways of stuffing emotions, or you know, I might be really productive, or 
I dealt with the opposite. I was, you know, too skinny and, you know, quote unquote anorexic when I was little, you know, you, you, it's all that those mental gyrations when really we're just looking for happiness. We're just looking for for love. We're looking for connection. We're looking for, and I think we raised, I don't know um, as much about children here. I mean, of course I raised my children here, but I was already in a path of my own psychology and healthy emotional responses and you know some my daughters probably would say that there was still some more to do but hey <laughs> but certainly in France there was so much criticism there was there was I don't know the number but I think it's like 95 negative things we hear for one somewhat supportive thing right wow. and so that's a lot to counter counter effect you know as you're growing up don't do this don't be that don't say this don't look like this don't wear this don't eat uh all day long, right? And so yeah. I think part of the, the journey, we all have to be on it, depending on what motivates it. But I think to look back, it's a blessing. You know, I think the fact that I remember being in therapy many years ago, maybe 20 years old I was, and this woman, I was not in self-love with my giant body. And this oh. woman was like, do you realize how honest you are? This is so courageous. Like, you show what's broken. And I was yeah. like... had a sob you know of like she's right it's very courageous and very honest and very like I'm saying I'm in pain right yeah really amazing well it goes with you know our company is rise up for you and so we love to ask everyone on the podcast as as we close what does that mean to you what does rise up for you mean to you oh wow so many beautiful things make choices that are loving, make choices where I put myself first, which a lot of people um, equate to maybe being selfish. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't. I think it's uh, if I don't put rice in my own bowl, then I cannot do much for you. You know, so there's something about being of service to oneself. Um, maybe it has to do with speaking my truth, you know, like having to, to, to like know how to say no. Like rise up for me sometimes would probably mean saying no to some things that comes in my life that I I want to be liked. And so maybe I say yes, I would say yeah. yes. And rising up for me would probably mean not doing that. Um yeah, those are those are probably my first initial responses oh, to this beautiful title, by the way. Oh, thank you. Well, amazing. I'm excited to have your book come out. That is awesome. People can definitely check out your website as well. So again, that's becurrenttoday.com. And you were asking about that. There is a cool uh, quiz on there that is really I've identified from working with, like I said, thousands of people probably by now, like archetypes, like what kind of producer are you? You know, like how what makes you like maybe if I speak kindly to you and kind of, mm. you know, in a healing kind of tone, then you'll be like, well, but if I talk to you with a little bit more, you know, kind of. um directness, then you'll respond better to that. And it's like, well, how do you, so the quiz will help identify which of those are you, like what kind of a learner are you that way? Like what gets you to do what you said you wanted to do? So that's a fun thing for people to do is go take that quiz. I love that. That's awesome. And we're excited to have your, your next book, your third, basically. Yes. Come out. Oh, Thank I you. Well, Sophie, it's just great having you on the podcast today. Congratulations on your professional success, but also that deep inner journey, which definitely Thank you. still takes that vigilance and that courage and to make those kind of changes. Yeah, well, if we don't do it for ourselves, right, who's going to do it? So That's great. Thank you. this was a fun, fun conversation. Awesome. Thank you so much, Lauren.
Absolutely. I loved it. I loved it. We did it all in English, but maybe our next one, we'll do it in uh, un poquito en español. Un poquito en español sería bueno. Sí, very cool. I love it. Oh, fantastic. So great to have her on the podcast. Thank you for listening or watching us live on our Facebook channel, Rise Up For You. I want to let you know that here at Rise Up For You, our CEO, Netta, and myself will be running you through a public speaking course. It's going to be amazing, a small group cohort, and you can check it all out on our website, riseupforyou.school slash courses slash take the stage or text us at 949-416-0671, text public speaking to 949-416-0671. I'm Lauren Sweeney, your host of the Become Your Best podcast and webinar series, and it's been my honor. We'll see you next time on the podcast.